Hi. Hi, hi, hi. I'm sitting at the river next to Mercedes-Benz Platz in Berlin. It's 10.34pm on the 11th of June 2023. I turned 27 in an hour and a half, basically. And I've been telling people I've been 27 since the last like two or three weeks. It doesn't seem to matter. I feel like I'm 27. I finished watching two movies in a row, back to back. I credits came from one. I got up, jumped into the other, and it's like it was in the beginning scene. I'm glad I didn't miss it. And those movies were Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I got myself a card that is called the Ultimate Card from UCI Cinemas. For 23 euros a month, you get to watch as many movies as you like. It's a very nice cinema. It's not like an okay cinema. It's a very nice cinema. And one ticket for a movie was 20 euros anyway. So I just watched two movies for 10 euros basically each. I'm going to watch one on Wednesday too. And I can book a ticket and then cancel it beforehand and it's fine. So that was like, I was sitting at home and thinking, what's a good gift for myself? That's a very nice gift for myself. That's such a nice gift for myself. So Khaled, that's your birthday gift this year. You get to watch movies for free whenever you feel like it without caring about how much this costs. That's my gift to you. It's been an interesting time somehow with what I've been thinking about writing, with, uh, being aware of my patterns. Behind me is a part of the Berlin Wall, in front of me is the river, and some people playing music. All I'm thinking about is food. When I was sitting in the seat, the seat's so comfortable, you can like lay it back and have something for your legs too, like a sofa, a chair, like the one my dad had back when I was a kid. I have a very, very healthy, strong body, but there is that feeling in me, and it's a feeling I have and carry, it's a feeling that... I'm weak. The feeling that I could get sick anytime, the feeling that uh, something's not right that I have to fix or do different, like how straight my back is or this or that. It's interesting. I'm sitting on the chair today in the cinema thinking, I can feel comfortable with my body. I'm saying this now, articulating it, but it's not like real. There's ups and downs, of course, but let's see. There's a lovely woman just uh, playing with her dog as if it's her best friend. Definitely suits her. 
to have this dog. It feels like she's not alone because of um, Yeah, she seems lovely. Nice corner of her goodness. Sent all the invites out for my birthday next week on Saturday. Let's uh, see how many people come. Uh, a lot of different feelings came up for, for me for that, like, oh, who, uh, who do I want to invite, who do I not want to invite, what are they going to think? It's all in my head, but... I've been thinking a lot about dopamine. I fasted a day, but I told myself I'd fast for seven days. I told myself on the, I think it was like the 5th or 6th of June, I'm going to fast till my birthday. Then I went to KitKat and <laughs> had a crazy time. It's been an interesting time for sure. in about an hour I turned 27 I used to always think like by 27 I'd be owning it that by 27 it's an okay time to think about getting married I'm proud of what I've where I'm at with what I'm trying to do about my patterns and what I'm trying to do about my art what I'm trying to do about uh, everything this perfectionism also isn't right, like it's fine to have conflict, to be emotional, to have feelings, for everything not to be perfect. I think uh, at least by the time I'm 28, I feel like I'll have a lot more, I'll have so many more stories finished that I'm sure of, that I'll have at least like a place where a lot of my work is that people can access. A website with the stories, with the recordings, with the whatever. I just want to keep going at my pace, improve, keep... The thing I've been telling myself a lot lately is to read, or I'm not reading as much as I want to. And... Just keep finishing stories. Listening to my creative voice, letting my creative voice grow. She's running away with her dog.
Alonso. So what I was thinking about dopamine, like when I fasted, was how easy it is to follow that need of dopamine so often. Living on it with how we think, like when I'm fat, when you're fasted, you can't eat, obviously. And uh, just the thought of food felt so rewarding. The image pops into the head of sushi, chicken, uh, Chinese. It tastes better than anything you can eat. And it's an image that comes up with this feeling, and you feel like, whoa, like I was just programmed by that. Every time I had that urge, I would follow it in one way or another. So it's so important to break away from the urge to then come back to it in a different way. Yeah, what else? I went to KitKat, it was a crazy time. I don't want to say so much about what happened there, but I think it's like a very, very nice club. I think it's a very nice club. On Friday, I went to a temple sort of night, tantric exercises again, people. And that's an interesting experience. We had to embody our hunter and our defender, protector. We had to make eye contact with people and see, feel what they feel like. We had to stand on a spectrum of what we are and what we aren't. Like one side of the room is active, one side of the room is passive. One of the questions they asked wrong, one of the questions, like, let me give an example. Do you actively approach people or do you passively wait for them to approach you? Easy. Do you actively tell people what you want or you passively wait till they figure it out on their own or you don't say it at all? And you stand as a spectrum in the middle of the room, the end of the end of the, each side of the room, defending. One question they asked wasn't right. They asked, do you passively, when you get rejected, do you passively collapse, like you beat yourself up, you all of that, or do you actively move on? And that was to me the, the wrong thing. I looked at her and I was like, what about actively collapsing? <laughs> like the... Because, you know, when you're rejected, you actively collapse. You you do you get into your way and you cause that damage. So when I said that, the entire room burst into laughter. And, but she asked me specifically to tell her what I mean. And I was like, you know, everyone knows what I mean. And I explained, like, uh, a few things, like how you get into your own way or double text. But it was so interesting to see how people stood on a different spectrum of things when it came to how easy it was for you to reject people versus because uh, how easy it was to reject people most men stood in the middle i me too more inclining to active but most men stood in the middle and almost all women stood uh, at the active end and one woman was like oh that's really surprising for me and uh, to me it was uh, one guy spoke and i was like thank you for your truth man that was so real he said, yeah, I guess because guys were rejected so much more often than women, we're at least a little more, more considerate when we do it, because we know how it feels. 
Yeah, because like almost just one guy maybe stood at the like completely active end of that. Another thing that we did was, and it's interesting like to see where you stand and to see what your body tells you where you move afterwards. Like I sometimes I stood in a spot, but after five ten seconds I felt like no, like I'm way more here, and then I would move there. Uh, like it gave the room a different kind of really meaningful energy because we're using it as the tool to decide where we're standing on something so important. And we like we shared that with each other. What I would have wanted was to note down my movement and all of that, like where I stood, and draw it like on a paper. And this question I stood here, and that question I stood there, and this question I stood here. And because uh, you're physically embodying that, I imagine if I I'm writing it down on a paper, tell myself to put a dot where I feel I am. It's not so it's not so much the same. It's been way more mental. So it would have been nice to track the progression and track the progression of everyone and then compare it like, you know, a weird way. Uh, there's a bucket on a pillar in front of me and I always am looking at it and thinking that's an old person wearing a hat looking at the river. Anyways, it has a lot of stickers on it, so it looks like a jacket. Uh, what else? Woman wearing a floral dress talking to a guy with a black cap. A uh, bit bigger guy with an open armless jacket eating bizarre. Uh, people on their phones, two, three trees, empty bottle next to me, level, the playlist yet by Amazon Music, man. Zola, tram, passing by. Yeah, I, then they did a triangle kind of thing in the room, rather than two sides and the triangle was physical, mental and emotion and where you stand and how you think people perceive you, do they perceive you emotional? What do you try to use to attract? I stood in the middle, I think that you try to use all three, maybe more physical a little bit. And but I don't feel physically attractive. Like I've noticed girls looking at me, but I feel like people should find me attractive for my mental. But I try all three. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Maybe I mix mental and emotional together. Uh, in a way that I don't understand, where I think it's completely mental, but it's actually emotional. It's, it's not. It's not all like so split, right? Then there's the what person do you find the most attractive? And the most attractive where I stood was between mental and physical. I don't stand close to emotion. Like I, I find it attractive when someone's like incredibly smart, incredibly hot, but emotionally somehow detached. <laughs> and that's fucked up, you know. And it's like, how how ready am I to let myself have intimacy with people? What does that mean? And for how long? And what kind of expectations come into play? Like all these things, you get to watch and observe, watch and observe, watch and observe. At one point, we had to explore our hunter. I had a partner, a male partner, in front of me, and we had to look at this person and tap into the hunter energy that we have in us, the active thing that wants to get. And then look at the person and tell them, I want something from you 
that you don't want to give me. I want something from you that you don't want to give me. So I tapped into it and looked at the guy, and the guy's answer had to always be no. At three levels. The first time we did it, just a no. The second time, or, or not even verbal, the first time just like, just looking. But he started growling, unnecessary, even though it was explicitly clear he shouldn't do anything. He started growling. I was like, cool, if that's the way you want to defend yourself. The second time he said no, I put his hands up and didn't like, didn't let me come through. And the third time I tried harder and he just like kept trying harder not to let me through. But like me, looking at me, like how much more aggressive I was able to be than he was. And tapping into it and the feelings that I got by trying to get something from someone that they don't want to give me. And this feeling at the core of me that just felt not rejected, but uh, wrong. Like there's something wrong with me for wanting to get something from someone that they don't want to give me. And this feeling holds me back a lot from just trying. Like, And I got to see it a lot more clearly with this exercise. I wish I meditated more before going to this. I played some video games and that like. But I was there. I was there, definitely. Uh, yeah, what else? When he was trying to get something from me that I didn't want, uh, I didn't care. I first saw the second that he tried to come close, I just put my hand up and pushed him away. So he, he subconsciously just stopped passing this area, right? The first time, second time. By the third time, by each stage, I became less aggressive. The more he wanted something from me, the less aggressive I was. And the more I thought... Uh, there's nothing for him to have. And I stopped reacting to him. I looked through him as if he wasn't there. And he didn't try harder. He became more insecure. He started almost laughing. He was repeating the same thing in a weak way. He got closer and I didn't push him away. I just didn't care he was there. So afterwards he told the entire group like he didn't care and that like pissed me the fuck off. I was insulted and, and, and stuff. So. I feel like he carries himself in a way that makes him seem like he's a bit aggressive as a protective mechanism, but deep down inside, he doesn't—he doesn't—he hasn't at least tapped into the capacity to find aggression. I met this girl Bella uh, there, and she was like full of full of life and, and uh, an intuitive person. I, wa- I took a walk with her afterwards, and I told her that this situation happened, and she was like. Uh, yeah, like for sure that you can tap into your animal energy, <laughs> like your hunter. She laughed about that. The next day, I went to a, I went on a date with a beautiful woman in the park and just walked along, and I didn't feel like any need to push anything anywhere, and it was nice. Uh, she was really quiet and lovely and really, really intelligent and self-reflective. So that for me was like a really nice thing. And then I went to an ecstatic dance, and that was just funny, like what pops up there. I got to move my body in ways I couldn't move in a long time. And really stretched out and jumped and everything, and watched everyone dance in a nice way. All of that was super nice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I uh, have a new housemate in the house. Harsh seems like a decent guy. I'm I've been just way uh, quieter, and like in, in matters of the house somehow, just accepting you know people coming in.
uh, just pissed me off how aggressive and quickly aggressive Yasin became when uh, when he moved in and I wanted to tell him anything, you know, it was crazy how he how he reacted. I still think that. Uh, but hey, like it's a lesson. It's not the worst thing for sure. Otherwise, yeah, I think people are actually treating me different because I'm blonde, uh, in a better way, as if like they think I'm more interesting or something. I, I'm, I've been myself, I've been completely myself, but I see that people are just reacting with more openness towards me just because I'm blonde. Uh, I guess it matters how you look, right? One thing I've been reading lately that like really stuck with me, I don't know if I started it, I think I started it this week, very randomly found it, uh, talking about the topic of sex addiction and whatnot. Because I researched the best books about sex addiction and this one came up, but it wasn't like a guide. It was a story of a woman who was a sex addict since she was 12, but like really hardcore, like masturbating four or five times a day every day, watching really, really, really hardcore porn every day. Uh, going on chat rooms when she was 13 and talking to older men and, and lying about her age and her body and, and then like really trying through sex to to uh, to get intimacy to have value as a person at all so yeah it was it's in a really like she and she just writes really well I mean with sexual energy like that <laughs> Uh, she has to. She's. I, I. think it's an amazing book. I just think it spoke to me on so many levels. Uh, I'm not her, you know. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't have the same sexual addiction, and probably a lot more because as a as a guy, I've been at the end of attempting to have sex rather than the having sex, you know, as much as she did, uh, and also that I think I'm more. Uh, love addicted than sex addicted but I mix it in my head but also like in my head there is a sex addiction for sure like where I can quickly imagine the kind of sex scenes I could have with people in certain ways and, and places uh, yeah so it's a really really crazy book man it's uh, Getting Off called by Erica Gartha and yeah, I don't know what else to say. It's I'm almost finished with it. How her journey is and, and the patterns, how she follows them, and how she really tries to get her value through that. How she felt her self-esteem was off. How she felt and felt and felt and felt and felt. And there was so much like to pick up from that, like and relate to that with someone who's like really so deeply intense in all of it, and she was completely vulnerable and honest about like all of it. Like there wasn't any part of it didn't feel to me at all like throughout her entire writing that she shied away from explaining anything that was happening in her mind because there was so much shame and guilt and everything, and she laid it all on the page, talking about what you were masturbating to when you were 12 years old and letting anyone read that in the world and sharing it, you know, that's like really like owning up to a lot of feelings of shame. That's like a lot of growth that she had to go through to be able to write about it in the way that she did. Uh, and it's helpful for me, you know, thank you for writing this. Thank you for being able to share. Uh, what can I say? Like, uh, 
amazing. So it didn't feel like she hid anything. It felt like she actively kept exposing and tried to find more raw honesty. I don't think I found a single typo or a single extra word or a single grammatical mistake or a single punctuation mark missing in the entire book I've read so far. So like meticulously uh, proofread book. So for me, like uh, definitely proud of proud of her, you know. I'm glad to have someone to relate and hopefully I get past these patterns in one way or another. I'd love to find real intimacy, but there's always this part that's going to say what kind of intimacy would that look like? This perfect idea of it or having it in a specific way. But I also link it a lot to my my growth as a writer and, and my connection to the universe, whatever sense I have it, right? Me getting rejected the way that I do leads me to finding these books and reading about them and healing these parts. It's just it's because of the hurt that I allow myself to grow. If I didn't grow, I wouldn't be creating the way that I am. If I wasn't creating the way that I am, I'm not going to have that life that I dream for myself or the reach that I want to have or the mental capacity to grow mentally in the ways that are going to make me a better and better writer and to think over these things in an important way, right? And uh, so that's like for me, like, oh, let's say I have the perfect relationship. If there's no perfect relationship, but does, how much does that take me away from my art from going to those lows that let me go up to highs or I don't know I don't know where all of that plays in my art because like at a level I tell myself like these things are important but another level I know that what is important is the art and that voice is for me like deeper and who knows what the fuck's gonna happen uh but maybe it's another excuse I put for myself from letting myself feel intimate with someone actually caring or letting my capacity for emotion grow. Because like this uh, this woman, uh, she has she has such a capacity for intimacy and wants it. And then I look to myself and think, oh, I'm now afraid of not being able to give it to you in the way that you need for the duration of time that you need it. Uh, so who knows, who knows, with these things like about flow, about not, about what feelings they bring up and what they should and what they shouldn't. Because uh, even though like I'm having really good conversations with some people, I'm still like approaching when I feel like it or not, you know. It's also, I had a very long time of not approaching anyone and I'm really, really glad about it. really glad for it that was really healthy yeah what else friends what I can say I uh, after leaving the temple night and having this talk with her I I had like such a nice feeling and thought about and she asked me uh, how many of my friends actually check up on me in the ways that I find matter, yeah? And the answer is really not, no one, not like who's checking up on me in the, in the ways that I find really, really matter, right? Uh, so when I was going home, I thought of Victor, who I think is also a sex addict in one way or another, and has a lot of intimacy issues. So I sent him a message and I told him like, bro, 
I don't feel like you're in a good place. And then I shared with him what I was going through, what I felt like he was going through. Uh, Like I'm coming from a place of empathy and trying to share like for myself where it's at and everything. And I sent him that and he sends me like a long message. Uh, In a way, he wasn't like mad that I sent him this, but he was telling me, yeah, man, uh, this, 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 we can talk about it. It's nice. But I don't, I don't want to hear from anyone telling me what I should be doing or giving me a lecture or, or telling me what or how, you know. So that like uh, immediately triggered me. I was like, dude, what the fuck, you know, I'm sending you this message out of love and you're, the first thing that you're commenting on is me, is me like coming to lecture you and how you don't want that. Uh, like, what the fuck, you know? So he's, he explains again, like, yeah, if, uh, if you want to tell me something that you want to tell me, it's fine. But it's like nothing that you want to explain to me how I can be better, improve. He tells me how he thinks I think everything that I do is right and everything everyone else does is wrong. And everyone should do it my way and they should do it at my pace and everything and I don't know what he's doing about it in his own way like which are all like valid points in their own way but just like triggered me so much that he that he like immediately the first reaction is dude don't lecture me like stop uh which pisses me off like what the fuck am I supposed to share you know what the fuck am I supposed to share with you otherwise and how like I'm sharing something with you so deep and from from such an important place of me. So I have to like reflect on that. Am I afraid of losing him as a friend? Because I sent him a message afterwards, like a lot more aggressive, being uh, like, hey, I reflected about it. More unsolicited, unsolicited advice. Maybe maybe your first reaction shouldn't be to push, push this away, you know? Uh, Cause, and then I raged because like I had to in Amsterdam sit with so much of his shit. I had to sit with him being angry. I had to sit, sit with him being uh, like really disrespectful. I had, to, I had to sit with him being unnecessary and complaining and trying to go through his psychological bullshit in such a dumb way. Uh, and then I laid that all out in the voice note. I was like, I had to sit through all of your shit. And now when I come to fucking tell you something that's important to me, the first thing you say is you don't want to hear it because it's explaining something to you. So, like, fuck that. And I was, like, really aggressive with that. And that's fine. But his issue, last, lastly, was, like, how he didn't know how to be aggressive in a weird way. It's your fucking business, man. I didn't ask you. Like, in Amsterdam, I was chilling in Amsterdam with this friend of mine from Berlin that I met up with. And then I went to, I went to a record store where he was at. And I went and I was like, hey, dude. And we messaged and we knew that we were going to see each other like right then and that we were going to go eat like right then. And like maybe it's, it wasn't as specific as like right right now, but we were texting that we're going to eat and meet me here so we can go eat. So I went to him. Hey, hi. Oh, records. Okay, dude. When are you When are you going to leave? Where, when are we going to go? When are you going to leave? Uh told me, man, give me, give me 15 minutes and then we'll go. I'm like, fine. I go outside. I play frisbee with my friend. We talk. At least 10 minutes pass, yeah? Maybe not 15, but at least 10. I go back just to check in. I'm like, hey, man, how are you doing? And he goes, man, don't rush me. He's like, whoa, dude. And then I went again to, to see, to play, to hear the music that he's hearing at this record store. Einfahrt S3 nach Spandau. Vorsicht bei der Einfahrt. 
and he like he didn't allow me to play with him even then and then he went and continued and I was like what the fuck now I have to deal with 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 this kid you know we went to a restaurant and he has a gluten intolerance allergy and when when we sat in the restaurants uh, when we sat in the restaurant he asked the, the woman it's a Chinese restaurant like he asked uh, he asked uh, what's it called the waitress if they have anything without gluten chicken I was like dude you can order the vegetarian she's like everything is marinated already with, uh, with with wheat she doesn't have anything that isn't marinated with wheat so I I'm like cool man you can order a vegetarian thing you can have and then he tells her to her face I don't think you're telling me the truth I think you're lying to me I'm like, dude, she knows what the fuck's in the kitchen. If she had something to offer you, she'd offer it. He's like, no, I know when these people lie to me. And then he left the, the entire restaurant and went to have his own thing. Uh, and then he calmed down and everything. So, like, all of this for me is like, dude, you have to heal something, something so important for you. So don't give me, don't give me, don't give me this shit, you know? It was so disrespectful to the woman, so disrespectful for us. And it's, and it's fine. It's fine to feel... It's fine to feel shit every now and then and to not like hold it back in a, in a certain way but that was just like fucking unhealthy uh, and it wasn't it wasn't like even composed anger it was just rude and then you you try to apologize for it and then you feel like you're healing because you were able to be aggressive towards people who did nothing towards you you know so when I fucking send you a message to tell you like hey man I'm doing these things to heal and it's a very tough spot Okay, so it turns out my mic recorded those things actually really well. And I'm glad that interrupted me with the Victor topic. I went and read the first message he sent me after I shared with him like a lot of what I thought after the ritual. A lot of it was very, very positive actually. Just that he didn't want me to come to him and tell him like something in, in lecture mode. But it's such a such a big part of me, man, you know. Maybe maybe like at a very deep level, at a very real level, I feel like he's very inferior to me as a person with how he processes his emotions or leads his life but then when I talk to him I feel like he talks to me as if like he's at that same level in, in certain ways or that he's at these these things and I think ever since we were friends I always looked at him very 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 inferior uh, like dude what are you doing why are you thinking like that why are you approaching it like that why are you being like that? Uh, yeah, another thing on top of all of that was I was in Barcelona and we were just chilling. And then Johannes felt like sharing a moment. And what he shared was uh, how Sophie, uh, his friend that we met in, in Amsterdam, had two moments where she felt... Uh, like it was after Victor did something. Uh, I just yeah. Let people let people be carrying so much about carrying, not caring, carrying so much about what people might have just said at some point or felt at some point or thinking that these things then define you in any way and how there's so much big attachment to to, oh, 
I thought that we were good, but realized that she told Johannes that she hated when I did these two specific things under a very specific context, context, context that I had nothing uh, to do with her. I didn't know, like I was misinterpreted, you know? And she wanted to see something, in my opinion, she wanted to see something wrong with it, you know? And Johannes then brought that to me and felt like he had to. Uh, yeah, to me, just funny how this makes me think again about being in, living in a time where people are so emotionally unequipped to deal with just uh, some people being themselves in certain moments, you know? How everyone wants to carry everything for a very long time. At least me, me, I carry things for a very long time. How people think they need to be offended and how I'm offended now by someone's offense, you know? Or I'm offended by this or that or that. Uh, yeah, cool, I feel calmer though. There's no reason to take offense. It's all good. Life is life. I think the one thing I didn't see in Berlin so far is someone walking their cat. Uh, that would be funny. I saw someone carrying a bag with their cat inside, but not someone walking their cat. I've seen a lot of things in Berlin, so not seeing that. It's funny. What else? How do I want to end the last podcast while I'm 26? Uh, recorded something every week uploaded it I would have loved to I want to I, I, I feel like I want to do more conversations I don't know if that's the right thing or not I've written a lot balancing trying to put something good together and living life as fully as you can is this is an interesting combination. A lot of the times it just feels like it's good that I'm writing, but it feels like I need to be have have more time for it. We had Friday off as a company. And just having this longer weekend, having Friday where I got to wake up how I wanted, go around my day how I wanted and sit down and write how I wanted, and then going and doing those things. It just felt very, very, very good. Uh, so yeah, I hope I get to that point where I make enough money. I can't wait to get to that point where I make enough money to not work and have my writing make enough money to not work so I can keep writing. I think that would be like the beginning of where this loop really takes off, you know, uh, that financial stability. Cool, Khaled, you've been alive for 26 years. Time moves fast, but also very slowly. Humans live short lives, but can have a big impact. The universe has been moving for a long time. You're going to die one day. You're not going to remember any of this happen. And your consciousness might find itself somewhere else. It might not find itself somewhere else. You don't know. And who knows if you'll ever remember this, but you're remembering it now, living it now. 
What else, man? What else is there? There is a bike here. I feel like I need to just uh, basically steal. Uh, I should do that. I just need a wire cutter. And I need to fix these tires. And then near mine. I think that's what I'm gonna do. I wonder how much a wire cutter costs, or if it's enough to open a wire. Testing limits. Here we come. The dark days are over. The Spider-Man movie was just amazing. One of the best things I've seen in my life. I think I'm going to watch it two or three times. Because uh, I can go for free. It's such a good movie. Such a good movie, like from beginning to end, it's just amazing. <laughs>